Section 21 of Light Science for Leisure Hours. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. Light Science for Leisure Hours by Richard A. Proctor. Chapter 21 Long Shots our artillerists have paid more attention of late years to the destructive properties of various forms of cannon than to the question of range it was different when first the rifling of cannon was under discussion then the subject was most attentively considered after accuracy of fire was the range which might possibly be attained by various improvements in the structure of rifled cannon most of my readers will remember how soon after the construction of armstrong guns had been commenced in the government factories a story was spread abroad of the wonderful practice which had been made with this gun at a range of seven miles at that tremendous range a shot had been fired into the middle of a flock of geese according to one version of the story but this was presently improved upon and we were told that a bird had been singled out of the flock by the artillerists and successfully potted many believe this little narrative though some few influenced perhaps by the consideration that a flock of geese would not be visible at a distance of seven miles were obstinately incredulous presently it turned out that the armstrong gun was incapable of throwing a shot to a distance of seven miles so that a certain air of improbability has since attached to the narrative still there were not wanting those who referred to queen anne's pocket pistol the cannon which was able to throw shot across the straits of dover in the fullness of their faith in that mythical piece of ordnance they refused to believe that the skill of modern artillerists was unequal to the construction of cannon even more effective if there are any who still believe in the powers ascribed to the fair-famed pocket pistol they will find their confidence in modern artillery largely shaken by the announcement that it is considered a great matter that one of whitworth's cannon should have thrown a shot to a distance of very nearly six miles and a half not only is this so however but it is well known that no piece of ordnance has ever flung a projectile to so great a distance since first firearms were invented and it may be safely predicted that men will never be able to construct a cannon which as far as range is concerned will do much better than this one of mr whitworth's the greatest range which had ever before been attained fell somewhat short of six miles the seven-inch steel gun contrived by mr linnell thomas had flung a projectile weighing a hundred and seventy-five pounds to a distance of ten thousand seventy-five yards and according to general lefroy's handbook of artillery that was the greatest range ever recorded but mr whitworth's cannon has thrown a shot more than one thousand yards further very few have any idea of the difficulties which oppose themselves to the attainment of a great range in artillery practice it may seem at first sight the simplest possible matter to obtain an increase of range let the gun be made but strong enough to bear a sufficient charge and range seems to be merely a question of the quantity of powder made use of but in reality the matter is much more complicated the artillerist has to contrive that the whole of the powder made use of shall be burned before the shot leaves the cannon 
and yet the charge shall not explode so rapidly as to burst the cannon if you use some forms of powder very useful for special purposes half the charge would be blown out without doing its share of work on the other hand there are some combustibles as gun cotton and the nitrates which burn so fast that the gun would be likely to burst before the shot could be expelled then again the shot must fit so closely that there shall be no windage and yet not so closely as to resist too much the action of the exploding powder again there is the forms of the shot to be considered a sphere is not the solid which passes most readily through a resisting medium like the air and yet other projectiles which are best so long as they maintain a certain position meet with a greater resistance when once they begin to move unsteadily the conoid used in ordinary rifle practice for example passes much more freely through the air point first than an ordinary spherical bullet but if the point did not travel first as would happen but for the rifling or even if the conoidal bullet swayed about on its course it would meet with more resistance than a spherical bullet hence the question of fast or slow rifling has to be considered fast rifling gives a greater spin but causes more resistance to the exit of the shot from the barrel with slow rifling these conditions are reversed and then the common notion is that a cannonball travels in the curve called a parabola and that artillerists have nothing to do but to calculate all about this parabola and to deduce the range from the initial velocity according to some simple principles depending on the properties of the curve all this is founded on a complete misapprehension of the true difficulties in the way of the problem only projectiles thrown with small velocity from the earth travel in parabolic paths a cannonball follows a wholly different kind of curve the resistance of the air which seems to most persons a wholly insignificant item in the inquiry is so enormous in the case of a cannonball as to become by far the most important difficulty in the way of the practical artillerist when a two hundred fifty pound shot is hurled with such force from a gun as to cover a range of six miles the resistance of the air is about forty times the weight of the ball that is is equivalent to a weight of upwards of four tons the range in such a case as this is but a small fraction of that which would be given by the ordinary parabolic theory as regards artillery practice in war there are other difficulties in the attainment of a very extended range cannon meant for battering down forts cannot possibly be used in the same way that whitworth's was used at shubiri's the shot flung from this gun at an elevation of thirty-three degrees could have been watched it would have been found that it fell to the earth at a much greater angle that is much more nearly in a perpendicular direction on the ordinary parabolic theory of course the angle of fall would be the same as the angle of elevation but under actual circumstances there is an important difference if forts are to be battered down however it will not serve that they should be struck from above our artillerists must perforce keep to the old method of pounding away at the face of the forts they attack therefore an elevation which is all very well for mortars that is when the question merely is of flinging a bomb into a town or fortress it is utterly unsuited for ordinary artillery with an elevation of ten degrees whitworth's cannon scarcely projected the two hundred and fifty pound shot to a distance of three miles the progress of the modern science of gunnery certainly tends to increase the distance at which armies will engage each other with field artillery fleeing shot to a distance of two or three miles 
and riflemen able to make tolerably sure practice at a distance of three-quarters of a mile we are not likely often to hear of hand-to-hand -hand conflicts in future warfare the use of breech loaders will also tend to the same effect hitherto we have scarcely had experience of the results which these changes are to be produced on modern warfare at sadawa breech loaders did not encounter breech loaders and it was easy for the victors in that battle to come to close quarters with their enemies but in a battle where both sides are armed with breech loaders we shall probably see another sort of affair altogether the bayonet will be an almost useless addition to the soldier's arms a charge of cavalry upon well-armed infantry will be almost as hopeless as the famous balaclava charge and the artillery on either side will have to play a game at long bowls i venture to anticipate that the first great european war will introduce a total change into the whole system of warlike maneuvers from the daily news november eighteen sixty eight end of section number twenty one